Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. I've talked about the crisis in New York, the migrant crisis, which is the result of the border crisis at the US-Mexico border. And I feel like I need to discuss this matter further. I was watching a press conference yesterday, and this was a press conference that Governor Kathy Hochul had, and uh, she is the governor of New York, and Mayor Eric Adams of New York City, he was also there. From the conference, I learned that government is looking at a wide range of options to house the migrants. There are many locations being considered, including college dorms. Not only that, but it seems that government may also be looking at shuttered psychiatric facilities. And there are also reports that Rikers Island may be considered for housing migrants. Now let's talk about housing in general. Housing in general is a challenge. Over the last few years, many Americans have struggled to find housing. House prices have gone up and interest rates have also increased, making it difficult for people to buy houses. I know young families who searched a lot for houses and put up offers on houses that were for sale that they saw and they liked, that they wanted to buy, but they were still not able to buy those houses because someone else came and offered to buy the house for a higher price. So people have struggled and they continue to struggle to buy houses. And let's talk about rent. Rent also has gone up significantly in many places. So even if you are not the owner of a house and you pay rent, you may still be paying a lot of money every month in rent. So housing is a challenge. It's a, it's a nationwide challenge right now. And the economy is just making everything difficult for hardworking Americans because prices have gone up. There's inflation, and American families are having a hard time staying within their monthly budgets. So housing is a big part of people's budgets. So whether somebody is paying rent or mortgage, it's a huge chunk of somebody's monthly budget. Um, and so people are people are struggling when it comes to housing. It's it, you know housing in general has just become very expensive. Now let's come back to migrant housing. Let's talk about migrant housing. I'm not surprised to see that it's a challenge because as I said just now, housing is a challenge in general. So it, it's a challenge to find places to house the migrants who are crossing the southern border and entering the United States. One of the proposed places in New York um, that where government is considering housing the migrants. One of the proposed places is college dorms. Let's analyze this. Let's talk about college dorms, okay? Students use college dorms. And students, when they go to college and they have to live in a dorm, the dorm is not for free. They have to pay to use the dorm. Okay, college dorms are not free. And 
as we know, many students over the course of their education, to pay for their education, they have to take out loans, big loans, right? So when students live in dorms, they have to pay for the dorms. And now some New York leaders believe that migrants should be housed in these dorms because obviously it's it's summer now and the the two big semesters are spring and fall so over the summer a lot of students are not there and so the empty dorms as as some leaders in New York proposed the empty dorms over the summer could be could be used to house the migrants now i'm going to stay away from judging this proposal okay I'll, I'll just stay away from judging this proposal, but I will analyze it. I will analyze this as objectively as I can. Let me ask a question to all my listeners, to everyone listening to this podcast episode. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that it is fair to house foreign nationals free of charge, in a dorm that American students have to pay for when the students use the dorm. So the students, they have to pay for the dorm when they use it. So is it fair to house the foreign nationals? The migrants are actually foreign nationals, right? They are coming from foreign countries. So is it fair to house these migrants free of charge in a dorm that American students have to pay for when they use it. I'm an analyst by training. I'm a policy analyst by training. That's what I went to school for. I studied public affairs. I studied policy analysis. So I'm going to analyze this issue just as I analyze public policy issues. Now, obviously, in this podcast episode, I'm talking. I'm not writing down a policy paper, uh, which, you know, I, I could if I wanted. Uh, but I'm I'm just proposing some questions so that my listeners can think. And obviously, I would love to hear your thoughts and comments, as, as I always repeat in pretty much all my episodes that I, I appreciate when my listeners reach out to me and express their thoughts and comments. So talking about this issue of housing migrants, do you think it's fair to house these migrants in a dorm that American students have to pay for when the students use it. On one hand, a group of people, the students, they pay thousands of dollars for college dorms. And on the other hand, there's a proposal to allow migrants to use dorms for free. So what do you think about this? When you look at fairness, any any proposal, when when there's any proposal out there that you're looking at, that you're analyzing, you have to ask, is this proposal fair? You have to talk about fairness. Are you being fair to the American students who pay for these dorms if you're letting migrants use the dorms for free? Well, I mean, okay, so I want you to think about this and let me know what your views are. Once again, I'm not making any judgments here. I'm simply asking the questions 
and I want to know your thoughts. My friends, let me talk about a different topic now. Let's talk about Wisconsin, which is where I live. I love Wisconsin. I live in the Midwest. And I saw in the news that Wisconsin has been ranked as the number eight, so eighth best state to live in the United States. So in the United States, Wisconsin has been ranked as the number eight best state to live. And this is according to the U.S. News and World Report. And this is the... Um, this is the current ranking, the 2023 ranking. And I was very happy to see this. When I came to America, I decided to make Wisconsin my home. And I will tell you, to this day, I think when I look, uh, look at the past years, look at the trajectory of my life, look at all the things I've done, all the decisions I've made, the decision to make Wisconsin my home is one of the best decisions that I have made in my life. And I'm very happy and proud to see Wisconsin rank very high in the list of the best states to live in the United States. Now, what's more amazing is that Wisconsin ranks number six in education. I'm very proud to have received my undergraduate and graduate degrees from Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I'm, you know, this is also in the uh, U.S. News and World Report ranking. Now, when you look at the U.S. News and World Report ranking for the best places to live in the United States for 2023-2024, for Green Bay, Wisconsin is the number one place in the country. Green Bay, Wisconsin, a city in Wisconsin, number one best place to live in the country. That's the current, that's according to the current ranking, U.S. News and World Report, okay? And not only that, the city of Madison, and Madison is the city that I call home, the city of Madison where I live, the city of Madison is number 11 in the country. Green Bay, Wisconsin is number one. City of Madison is number 11 in the country in the list of best places to live in the U.S. And let me talk about a 2022 ranking. That was a different one, though. It was, uh, it was a livability.com ranking in 2022. In that ranking, Madison actually ranked number one. So 2022, livability.com ranked Madison as the number one place in the country. So obviously different studies and surveys will produce different rankings. But whether you are an amazing number one in the country or a number 11, it's still pretty awesome. I'm glad to see my city, Madison, be one of the best places to live in the United States. Now let's go back to New York. Let's talk about New York City. Guess what rank New York City gets in the U.S. News and World Report. New York City is number 98 in the list of the best places to live in the U.S. Number 98. It's far down the list from Madison, Wisconsin. 
And uh, this is according to US News and World Report. New York City is number 98. Now, it's still in the top 100, and there are many cities. There are many cities in the United States. So New York City is still in the top 100, but it's way further down the list from Madison, Wisconsin. So I just wanted to point that out. So New York City definitely has many challenges, um, crime, uh, homelessness, and lots of other problems. And during the, the COVID pandemic, because of the, the government, uh, the COVID rules, the mass mandates and other different COVID rules, uh, people in New York City suffered a lot. And so New York definitely has lots of challenges. So the city needs bold leadership to improve uh, the, the situation in the city. Uh, the financial situation, and uh, lots of other things. As I pointed out in the previous episode, uh, many people left New York City during the COVID pandemic. So from, I think it was from April 2020 to uh, the middle of 2022, uh, might have been July 2022. Anyway, you should check out my previous episode uh, if you want to hear the discussion on that. But anyway, during the COVID pandemic, many people left New York City. And so the city definitely has many challenges. Anyway, my friends, that's all for today. As always, I would appreciate if you reach out to me and express your thoughts and comments. Um, and I will. I, I hope to be back with a new episode soon. And I think... Uh, I will continue to discuss this issue of border crisis and the migrant crisis. And uh, before I conclude, let me just say one thing. This, this crisis that we face as a country, all these migrants coming in and uh, the difficulty in finding uh, places to house them, so on and so forth, all of this could have been avoided. But the Biden administration is the administration to be blamed for all of this. The Biden administration did not secure the southern border. And their policies have resulted in the, in the humanitarian crisis that we see at the southern border of the United States. And so this situation, this crisis could have been avoided, but Biden administration did not take the steps necessary to, uh, to secure the border. So that's all I have for today. Reach out to me, share with me your thoughts and comments. I hope to be back with a new episode soon. And thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast.